whether or not we all realize it, those of us who serve the Lord are participating in the most epic adventure of all time, space, and history. I think it's about time that we start celebrating the miraculous and wonderful ways that God touches our lives in everyday circumstances. I'm Karen Pennington, and this is Daily Adventures in Grace. Good morning, friends. This is Karen Pennington again, and I've missed you. It's been about a month. I have to say it's been a little bit of an adjustment the past few months. I spent about a year posting five days a week, four days a week, that sort of thing, and I have not had a YouTube post for almost a month. I miss you. I miss being able to just share my heart. It it feeds my own soul. It helps me being such an extrovert to be able to just talk out my thoughts and work through things. And I love God's word and I love grace. And it has all been such a joy for me. Uh, ironically, a little over a year ago, I didn't even know how to do this. And then about a little over a year ago, <laughs> I started doing this new thing, this new adventure. And now it, it feels like home. So I feel like I'm coming back home just to talk to, you know, whoever will listen. Uh, but that said, even though I've totally missed this, even though this feels like my heart's home doing these kind of things, I know that God has been working in my life, and perhaps it's important to share a little bit about that. I think I talked about it a little last month when I posted as well, but I am in a position right now that is very difficult for me. It's a temporary position, wonderful, wonderful co-workers, very, very good supervisors, some of the best supervisors I've ever had in an area that is a high need. And so I'm a substitute that's long-term in an area that usually they would hire someone who's a little more equipped, but as they're waiting to, it's waiting to hire the right person and to find the right person, um, there's provision for me to step in as somebody with a degree and something else to fill that gap. And uh, it's hard, it's hard, it's been, Part of my ego a little bit because things I thought I was good at in a different setting were challenging. Um, it's been hard on my heart because I see so much need um, in the school that I'm in and my heart breaks for the kids and my heart breaks for me sometimes because uh, there can be some difficult situations and uh, learning new things about God's grace and boundaries and and in the end I'm grateful for it and I will be grateful for it. <laughs> um, and I'm tired. I'm tired, but blessed. But I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, divine appointments. Somebody, I, somebody on, I think LinkedIn asked, is there a mantra that you use or is there something that you say to help yourself, you know, stay focused, stay confident in your work situation? And uh, I realized that the two words that really are helping get me through something that's a very challenging position for me are divine appointment. Because on one hand, when I think divine appointment, I think this is where God wants me right now. So um, on one hand, if God wants me here and I'm being faithful to do my part, God will equip me. God does equip us for the areas where he's called us. That's not an excuse not to equip ourselves, not to do what we can, not to study, not to do those kinds of things, not to do the extra work. And boy, am I doing a lot of extra work. But 
I mean, if we believe that God has put us here, then we have to believe that God will give us all the tools we need to accomplish his will, according to his will, you know. And then that other thing is, if God wants me here, no matter how difficult it is, this is for my good. This is this is something that's going to build me up. This is something that's going to build others up as well. You know, I think of when we think of God calling us places, sometimes we think of God has me here for someone else, particularly if it's a different job. And sometimes we think of God has me here for me. And I really think in this case, it's both. I think in most cases, it's both. God uses you and then God blesses you at the same time. Um, God may use you in a place that makes no sense on this side of eternity. Like, for instance, in a job that you never felt called to or educated for. And somehow God's calling you through this situation that may not make any sense to you to speak life into somebody else i mean you never know you never know how your faithfulness can affect someone else's life or even eternity you never know how you showing god's love and goodness even in a difficult situation can affect somebody else to the point where they go i want what they have um i mean who knows maybe a president's going to come out of this class and maybe i had a small uh, this class as i'm teaching maybe i had a small role in it just by showing love and by being kind to someone or teaching them how to conjugate a verb and they in Spanish and they all of a sudden figured didn't think I could do it and now I can do it and maybe that was a game changer for them I have no idea God's way more creative than me but I sure do love that and in the process I will tell you how I believe how I can see God's using it in my life and hopefully you can apply it to yours I uh, preached the other week on the concept of purity it was assigned to me, and um, I, because I asked, we were doing a sermon series, sermon series, and we were talking about being and who, what we do comes out of who we are, and so the lot fell to, for me, the lot fell to purity. So it was kind of a broad topic. I think about 150 different places in the Old and New Testament, purity is mentioned in one form or another, uh, give or take a few. And there's a few different words we use for it, but I landed on Malachi 3. And as I worked through the sermon, God began to work things in me. It was not easy. It's not easy. (laughs) But I'll I'll tell you, um, at this point in Malachi, the children of Israel had, you know, behaved badly. So they lost their land. They lost their nation. They were sent over to, to Babylon and were held in captivity for about 70 years and then then brought back. Well, as we all know, when we go through a hard time or go somewhere and come back, it's not the end of the story. You have this rebuilding period. You have this healing period. And um, they weren't healing really well. They They kept going back to the very thing that got them. Why do we do that? I do that too. We go back to the very thing that put us into slavery, that put us into captivity. We go back to those thoughts. We go back to those frustrations, you know, and so they, they had gone back, and it was over 100 years later, and they're still kind of messing around. And at the same time, they're not really, they're kind of a nation, but not really a nation. They don't have the power they did when David or Solomon was there. They don't have a sovereign king. They're still being sort of overseen by another person in another empire, and um, not really any affluence or any feelings of great freedom. And they're looking for this deliverer to come, whom we know now as Jesus Christ. They would have known as Messiah, the anointed one. And uh, Malachi is saying, yeah, he's going to come, but you may not like what you see. 
be careful what you're asking for. This is, this is what he says, Malachi 3.1. See, I'm sending my messenger to prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can adore the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and like a fuller's soap. He will sit as a refiner, a purifier of silver. He will purify the descendants of Levi and define them like gold until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. So they're thinking, Savior, you know, we think, Savior, come give me what I want. And he's going, no, God's going to give you what you need. God's going to purify you. Can you imagine? Who prays for purity? I When I preached, I said, how many people in this congregation want purity at all costs? And I think five people raised their hands. And a couple of people slumped, slumped down in their seats. And I loved my congregation because they were just being honest. <laughs> yeah, they were just being honest because refining comes with fire. Refining comes with fire. Now, in Malachi 3.3, they used five different words. One year, word twice, and then over and over and over. The one word, refiner, literally means it's smelter. What it means is the heat is turned up to bring the impurities to the surface. It's a metallurgical term. It's like when you purify gold. Um, it comes up to the surface, but it's hot. It's hot, and it melts us. It melts us. I'm okay thinking I'm gold. I'm okay believing I'm valuable and precious, but man, I don't want to be melted. And that process of things coming to the surface, just like, you know, when infections come to the surface, sometimes infections can be buried and we don't even feel it, but it's hurting us, maybe even killing us because we don't know. But when that comes to the surface, I'll get these deep bruises sometimes. I bruise so easily. And originally, I don't, I don't, I don't see it, but I can feel it until it comes right up to the surface. But that process of these bruises and the coming to the surface, it can be so hard. I don't like it, right? <laughs> but it says, he'll sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. He will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver. So the purification thing is the refiner's fire is that fire that brings it to the surface. Then there's this... Um, kind of scraping up process and that can be painful too because as you're aware of things now you have to work through them sometimes we don't sometimes things come to the surface and we bury them right back down sometimes things keep coming to the surface with us you know ever have an issue that keeps coming back up ever had a person that you forgave or you thought you forgave or maybe you did forgive and then they did it again or then you saw the consequences of something they did five years ago it just keeps coming to the surface right uh so sometimes when we're going through hard times or something that's hard, it brings things to the surface that we don't like in ways we don't like. I don't like feeling like I can't do something. You know, I don't like, I don't like not being able to do these podcasts every morning and these YouTube posts. I don't like that. You know, I, I'd rather, you know, God, just give me this thing that I need right now or that I think I need right now. And yet in the process of the fire, that's how. These impurities come to the surface. That's how my pride comes to the surface. My entitlement comes to the surface because I've been struggling with this, going, God, I want to do this. I want to do this, 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 and this. I don't want to have this hard time. And what's coming to the surface in my heart is there's a lot of things I feel like I deserve, and I'm maybe I need to be more surrendered to God's will. Maybe I need to be willing to say maybe there's 
critical in my heart that I need to get out. You know, it is sometimes it's big stuff. Sometimes it is adulterous thoughts, bad thing, you know, drug problems, things like that. But a lot of times there's so much other stuff that comes to the surface and these drug problems, this adultery, this, you know, leaving God, the faith, they're just like they're the symptoms. They seem like the biggest things. Of course, they're huge, but they're symptoms, of these deeper heart issues that need to come to the surface. Uh, it's been happening to me. Let me tell you, that was no joke preaching that sermon on purity. I, first of all, thought about everybody else who needed it and realized, well, that's not the right place to be. <laughs> revival doesn't start when we get convicted of other people's sins. That doesn't, that's not what starts revival. We want revival. So it's got to start with me, right? So then I started becoming convicted of my own just unworthiness. And then it was like, I can't even preach this sermon because I can't be pure by Sunday. I cannot be pure by Sunday. And then <laughs> I think I got to a better part where it was like, all right, God, you and me in the process, you and me in the process and you in the process, me being willing to go along. And you kind of have to get to the point where not an excuse for poor behavior, not an excuse for bad life choices, but okay, God, I'm settled with the fact that I love you and you love me and you're going to keep bringing this stuff up. And you know what? I'm not totally fixed yet. I'm not totally I, I hope I have a certain level of purity of heart in the sense that my intentions I try to do the right things for the right reasons um, as Kierkegaard would have said uh, purity of heart is to will one thing for one reason and I, I hope that that's really where my compass is um, where my compass is pointing to the true north but I also know these other things creep in because I'm a living sacrifice I crawl off the altar so as I'm praying for purity you know, purity, just like you pray for patience and God gives you the opportunity to earn patience or to see where you need patience. And it's not always easy praying for purity, this refiner's fire. I realized God, God was working that in me through this really difficult position and not being able to do really what's really having, I'm having a hard time is I'm not having the mental space and area to do the things I love most. So I have to find that. And I'm, crawling to the altar sometimes I forget crawling off the altar I'm crawling to the altar and um that refiner's fire it is bringing forth these things in me and as much as I miss doing the things I love I know there will be more of me to do it there will be more resources there will be more of a well of God's grace for me to pull from because of going through this this fiery process no I don't in any way mean to diminish the impact of people that really truly are going through hard things. I'm, I still have a home. I have a husband that I love to come home to. I have wonderful friends praying for me. I have the ability to rest. I have a bed to sleep in. I have a job to go to. And I don't want to sound ungrateful for all of that. But I know our fire looks different for different people. Um, it's very obvious people in the Ukraine right now have a different kind of, a very intense kind of fire. The believers that I can't even imagine being able to go through and some of you feel like you have everything I mean, some of you look like you have everything but there's still something in you that's hard maybe loss somewhere guilt somewhere shame somewhere and it feels might look pretty good from the outside but it still feels pretty stinking hot to you God fires people up different ways and then God purifies people different ways. And then God uses people different ways. But God does it all. And even as I sit here telling you, in great honesty, I struggle. I struggle. 
This is a hard position for me. It's stretching me. It's humbling me. I don't always want to get up and do it. Um, I'm tired at the end of each day. Sometimes I have a harder time sleeping because I'm stressed at the end of each day. And yet, I'm grateful. And yet, even as I don't see every way God's working in me or through me, and I may not on the side of heaven, I know God's working. And I believe the same for any of you who are walking and struggling, whether you're at a point of ease or a point of anything else. God is using you and God is using this process to refine you and to refine others. And it says those words, um, those first two words, he will sit as a refiner and purify of silver and he will purify the descendants of Levi. Now, Levi, Levites were the priests in Israel. But we believe, so the, this book of Malachi was written most predominantly to the priests who were not pure at that point, who were not even trying to be pure. They were offering bad sacrifices. They were just doing detestable things again. Um, and we do that. We keep, somehow we keep finding the filth. Uh, as Christians, if you are one who claims Jesus Christ as your savior and friend, we believe in the priesthood of all believers. So we are all a kingdom and priests. So when we're talking about the descendants of Levi, spiritually speaking, we are the descendants of Levi. Spiritually speaking, we are all mucky and mucked up. And we need this refining process. We don't like this refining process. We need this refining process. I'm saying that for me. I need this refining process. Sometimes I need to be burned. I need to be set on fire so I can be on fire for God. So for my own benefit and for yours, I, I say gratitude and I, I say wherever you're at, stay faithful. God can use it. God is using it. And you probably have no idea and may not on this side of heaven how the trials and difficulties you're going through now are not only helping fortify you and your faith, but leading to eternity, you know, it always, eternity of yourself, maybe others, probably others, most likely others, because God uses us, you know, because I believe God's a great recycle. That's Romans eight twenty eight. God works all things together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So did God cause this? Maybe not. Maybe that's above my pay grade, but God will use it. If God allows it, God can and will use it in your life. And God is using it in your life. So take courage in that. And if you're in a time of ease, maybe take some time to reflect. What hard things have I gone through? How has God used that? How has that been part of my journey to get here? And let's maybe just stand in awe of God. Stand in awe of the promises. Stand in awe of the miracles. Little and big that got you through those hard times. Some of us are in a spiritual boot camp right now. I feel like I'm in a boot camp right now. It's defining me. It's helping me. It's breaking me. And in those cracks, God's grace is shining. And the same can be true for all of us. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. So hard to say this sometimes, but thank you for the fire. Thank you for the hard time. God, we would never request hard times. I hope not. <laughs> but I thank you for what the appointment you've given me and the way that you're working in it through the kids, through me. God, this is hard. I will probably be happy when I'm done, but I'm also grateful for the experience now. I'm grateful for the people who you've put in my life to help me, to refine me, whether it be the other staff and 
the other supervisors at the school, whether it be the, the, the students themselves, Lord Jesus. I'm grateful. I'm grateful. You're good. And help me not to resist your fire, Lord. Help us all not to resist your fire. Help us to receive the instruction you're giving us and others. Help us to receive the endurance and purification that you're giving us. And help us to honor you, God, because you are using this. And Lord, I just pray right now, if there's anyone out there who does not know you, who does not know the thrill and excitement of living for you, may you just draw their hearts to you right now, Lord. And and, and to any of you who don't know the Lord, just cry out to him. Cry out to him. Tell him, God, I need you. Bring me the scriptures. Bring me the people. If you have questions, email me. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Karen Marie Pennington, Anointed Mess. I'm at KarenMariePennington.com. Connect with me, connect.with.me at KarenMariePennington.com. I'd love to talk to you more about walking with the Lord. I'd love to talk to you more about the adventure. And let's not be deterred by the fact that life's hard. Let's be honest. Life is always hard. Life will always present challenges. But with God on our side, we have a redeemer. We have a restorer. We have an advocate. We have hope because we're on the winning team. And we know that God will use it. And as I say this, I say amen and be blessed, my friends. And I hope it won't take another month for me to come back to you.